Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Gail P. Thank you. Hi, is it, can everybody hear me? You can hear me, okay, good. My name, hello everybody. Oh my God, there's so many people here, it's wonderful. Uh, my name is Gail P. I am a compulsive overeater. I am a hundred pounder and I am a grateful hundred pounder. Grateful, grateful. Um, Andrea, thank you for asking me to speak. Welcome newcomers. Congratulations on the chip takers and happy birthday, Amanda and Meredith, yay. So here I go. Um, to qualify, I came into OA in February, 1989. I was pushing 300 pounds and my life was non-existence except for working. That's the only thing I did. I went to work every day. I binged all day at work and I came home and binged at night. So my day started off binging, my work day was binging, and my evenings were binging till I passed out at night. I had no relationships with friends. I had, well, it's not a relationship. I would, I would see people, but I did not have a connection. It did not matter to me who I went out to dinner with because on my calendars, I checked out later within my recovery, during my recovery that my calendars had the restaurant and the time, never the person who I was with because I could not connect with another human being. It talks about that in the 12 steps, you know, in the, in the big book that we fail to be able to connect with other human beings. That's one of, so that's one of my, my issues that I had. Um, so just to continue qualifying. So I have 31 and a half years of abstinence. I'm maintaining a lot over hundred pounds. Thank you, God. My life is like actually normal now. And it's all due to the 12 steps and therapy. <laughs> Gotta to, got to put that in there because, but the 12 steps are what saved my life and got my weight off and kept it off. So, um, so as I said, what it was like was a non-existence. I was not a human. I, um, I wanted to be invisible, yet I was the biggest person in the room at all times. And I don't understand that, but I want, I really wanted to hide in a corner but I was the biggest person, so I couldn't hide. I don't, I don't get it, but that's what happened. So anyway, um, my high school life was, I was 240 pounds in high school. So my high school life consisted of ditching classes to go eat. I went to Fairfax High School and I would go to Jay's Deli on Fairfax and eat as much as I could afford. And then I would go after school and work at my father's cousin's bakery where I would eat as much as I could get my hands on. And then I would take home bakery goods, bring it into my bedroom and continue eating. That was my teenage years. So for some reason, I was not, I just, it wasn't that I wasn't given. I, I did not have any tools for processing any, any other way than just to eat. I did not know how to have a feeling one way or the other. I was a frightened child. Um, and I just ate and I ate and I ate and I was lucky enough to work in a bakery where I could stay numb the whole time. So it was, it was a miserable existence, but I didn't know I was miserable until I stopped doing it. So, um, 
I want to show pictures. Wait, I want to show pictures. I have pictures, actually. So I hope you can see it. I don't know if you'll be able to, but this is me at, I don't know if you can, can you see it? I'm wearing the muumuu. Anyway, I weighed around 265, 270 pounds by that time. And this was me with a plate of food in my hand at a wedding. And that dress is a beautiful size 27 dress that I got at Forgotten Woman where I shopped in Beverly Hills. I wore expensive clothes. I had, I told you I went to work every day, so I made money and I bought expensive clothes, but I, they were almost like tents. A size 27 is really big. If you understand, because you know, I'm wearing a size 10 jeans right now, so I wore a size 27 dress. So it was, it was, it was quite a um, horrible existence. As I said, I did not know it until I stopped doing it. Then I knew, then I realized how sick I was. I had no idea before that. So I want to talk about recovery. I came into OA, as I said. I, um, I was at a Hanukkah party December 1988. And I bumped into Jack Saul, who is my Eskimo. I went to high school with Jack, and I weighed 240, and he weighed 325 pounds, I believe, in high school. And he was thin at this party, and I was sitting there um, on, this, on the floor by the coffee table, eating everything that was on the coffee table. He was drinking a cup of coffee in a styrofoam cup. So we talked, and I said, why aren't you eating, and why are you thin? And he said, I don't eat in between meals. That's all he said. And that really intrigued me. I didn't even know what that meant because I never ate meals. I just binged all the time. My whole life was one big binge. I never stopped. So um, anyway, so he said that he goes to Overeaters Anonymous. And we happened to be at a party where the host was a part of uh, Narcotics Anonymous. So, and so we were surrounded by 12-step people. I did not know what 12 steps really were. I knew my friend used to take drugs and she didn't anymore. And I didn't understand how she could walk around sober. I would ask her, I'd say, how do you stand being sober? I don't know if I could ever do that. And she said, you just do, you learn to do it. So I, um, Jack sent me by snail mail because we didn't have email at the time. We didn't have computers. So he sent me um, uh, a meeting list and I went to my first meeting February 21st 20, February 20th, 1989. It was a step study. And so it took me from December to all the way to February to, to get to a meeting. And I went, it was a six o'clock meeting at night. It was a step study. I live in Valley Village. I lived in Studio City at the time. And it was in somewhere in Sherman Oaks or Van Nuys. So I went to this person ha person's house and we did a step study and I cried the entire meeting. I could not stop crying. I did not know why I was crying but it just the tears came and they could not stop. And people were so nice to me that two ladies took me to a meeting the next night where I got a sponsor and I started immediately working the program. She told me what to eat and I ate it. And I, the, the portions were a lot bigger than what I eat now, obviously. The, um, she would say eat oatmeal in the morning and the bowl of oatmeal was enough, you know, a salad bowl for 10 people. And that was my bowl of oatmeal. But I ate what she said. I lost weight doing that. And she just told me what to eat. 
she told me to go to a lot of fellowship meals. I was single at the time. So I went to a lot of meetings, a lot of meetings and um, a lot of meetings and a lot of meals with people. I would go to breakfast, lunch and dinner and I would watch people and learn how to eat because I did not know how to eat. I don't want to talk about food because I don't want to set anybody off, but um, I did not eat like normal people. I did not eat well-balanced meals. I did not eat what I ate would just make me, you know, almost 300 pounds. So I had to learn, I would look at people's plates and see what that looked like, what a well-rounded meal would look like. I was horrified, but I started doing it in larger portions until the portions started getting to be normal size. And that took a while. I also, I started working the steps right away um, with the first sponsor I had. And what happened was, is like, it was, I went to the meeting, it was on 3rd in Orlando in, in West Hollywood. That was my hood where I grew up. And a person came up to me and said they would like to sponsor me. I did not know what a sponsor really was. They said, find somebody who has what you want. So I, saw, I, went, I looked at her car and I looked at where she lived. So I got to see that she had what I had. I already had a nice car and I had a nice condo and she did too. So I thought, okay, that's good. And so we started working the steps. So how I work the steps, and I still do it today, is we did it out of the AA 12 and 12, because we didn't have OA um, literature at all. So what we did is we I took a, here it is, red pen and the AA 12 and 12. I would cross out the word alcohol and put food. I would cross out the word glass and put plate. And I worked the steps doing that and writing on every paragraph in the book. First the 12 steps, then the 12 traditions. And that's what I did. And um, I think by the time I was on step three, I changed sponsors. I found somebody, a five pounder, would you believe? My first sponsor was a hundred pounder. And my second sponsor who I really worked the steps with thoroughly um, was a five pounder. And so I learned to not trust people for a long time with my food because when I would tell her what I was eating, I felt shame when she responded because I was eating, I was eating for a 280 pound person and she was thinking I should be eating for a 150 pound person. And that doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way for me. I had to go down, you know, I, I, had, I had my portions had to get smaller as I got more recovery. I could not just eat like a normal sized person right away. I couldn't do that. So, but, so I just didn't tell her what I was eating, but I worked the steps thoroughly with her and I got a wonderful foundation. And after we worked the steps and we were working together for a while, we still didn't have, we didn't have OA book, books yet, except that, that Hershey book that we have telling the stories, which I did not work out of at the time. And um, I just, I, I, I studied the big book with her and I don't know how many years into her sponsoring me, but she decided she didn't want to sponsor anymore. She was, her life, she was having life changes. I don't want to say what it was, they were, but she was having life changes. So I got another sponsor. And over the, over the 31 and a half years, I've had strong women sponsors. Maxine was my sponsor for a lot of years. She's one of the co-founders of OA. She's still my close friend. She'll be 90 in December if anybody still knows her, 90 years old. And she still has, I think she has, her abstinence started in 1965 when it OA started. So she's still abstinent. And um, she was my sponsor. We worked the steps for many, many years. 
Sherry was my sponsor for quite a while. And now Colleen, who is a 160 pounder, is my sponsor. So, and I want to talk about my program today. So you got the idea that my life was hell. I did not know it. I thought everybody who ate normal portions, there was something wrong with them. I didn't realize it was me. I had no idea. I had, I was so surprised when I found out that I had a part in things. I just didn't know. So when I knew, as Maxine would always tell me, when I know better, I do better. So I'm gonna talk about, cause I wanna take questions and stuff like that. So I'm gonna talk 10 minutes about what it's like now. So I just wanna say that um, when I was nine years abstinent, I met my, my future husband, who's now my husband. And I actually got a dating sponsor and a hold my hand sponsor cause I did, was so scared. And one sponsor walked me through the dating process. And one sponsor was just my close friend. We're still friends today. We're very close friends today. And I got to walk through the process of actually being a normal human being and having a normal courtship, actually getting engaged, getting married, moving in together, like in the normal traditional order. And that was really something. We actually got to know each other and we got to know each other's character before we made a commitment to each other because that was important to both of us. So we've been married this month will be 19 years. We've been together 23 years. So as I said, I was abstinent nine years when I met him. And I was also, I came in the, um, to OA at age 37 and I met him when I was age 46. I got more, I got married like three months short of age 50. And Gloria Steinem says that the likelihood of what being attacked by a terrorist is more likely than getting married for the first time after 50. So I just made the wire, just made the wire. So anyway, so there's hope for people that want to get married and um, are, are and, you know, older. I did not want to, I never thought about getting married because I never had hope. So I never was one to plan my wedding, plan the colors, plan the flowers, never did that because I'd never had hope that I was even going to be able to connect with another human being at all. Never occurred to me that I could do that. So, so far so good. We're still, we're, we're very happy still. So anyway, okay, so here's my program today. I, we get up in the morning at seven and I weigh myself because Maxine weighs herself every day. I just did what Maxine told me to do. She weighed herself, I weigh myself. And it's a, it's a wonderful tool because I get to make a decision the night, the day before. What do I want the scale? What, you know, do I want to be a normal size or do I want to eat? That's my, my choice. I can't do both. So I have to either eat properly for my age and my weight and my height, or I want to, I want to be heavier than I want to be. And I don't want that. So I, um, I get up in the morning and I weigh myself. I have breakfast with my husband. And what I do is I text Colleen my breakfast before I stick it in my face. Before I eat it, I text her my breakfast. Nothing goes in my mouth before my sponsor, it goes in my sponsor's ear or eyes, it just does not. Because I can't, I have to be accountable. I have to be accountable. That's my, my thing, I, I'm accountable. So I text her my food, make my breakfast. I have a food plan, I eat my food plan. Then I go in the office where I am right now and I write, here's what I do. I write first my weight, whatever it is, I record it and I send it to Colleen along with my abstinence, what my abstinence is, which is I abstain from flour, 
nuts, candy, chips. Yeah, those four, those four things. So all sugar and stuff like that, but nuts and flour, flour. Um, and so I write down my, my abstinence and then I write down what I ate yesterday and what I'm going to eat today. And if I change my food at all, I text Colleen and she always just sends a thumbs up, you know, by text. So I'm accountable. I don't change my food without telling her. Because my disease, by the way, here it is. Can you read that? It says, I am your disease. Let me give you temporary comfort. In return, I will give you a lifetime of suffering. I have this in my office because my disease is doing push-ups in the closet while I'm talking to you. So I will never be cured. And I, I have no desire to overeat at this point. I have not called to any foods, but I'm, I know my, I've heard too many people relapse. So I, I don't want to be one of them. So anyway, so I write, so I write that. Then I do a 10th step. And I'm, I'm, an, I'm a former accountant. So I do one, two, three, four, five. You know, I just list it. I just start saying everything that's going on. It's a 10th step. And it could be a few couple pages long, whatever's going on. It could be a half a page, just depending on what's going on. And then I write whatever step I'm on or whatever book I'm reading from. I'm, I'm going through the big book right now. So right now, I'm looking at it right now. Right now, I'm writing on there is a solution. I write on every paragraph. So I do a paragraph a day. So today, I did just talking about working with others. And the fact is that we can help people that no one else could get through to because we have the experience. So we were just, I just write, was writing about that. And so that's what I do. And I send it to Colleen every day. So, and you asked me, you do it every day? And I go, only the days I eat food. So yes, it's every day. Because <laughs> when, I, when I get new sponsors, they, they say, do I give, send you my food every day? And I tell them only the days you eat. Of course, you'll send it every day. My, my disease does not take a vacation on weekends. So I can't take a vacation on weekends. So, so, that my, so my abstinence is one thing and my tools are another. So my food plan is a tool. I stick to a food plan and it's, it helps me stay at my normal size. So as I've gotten older, I've had to up the exercise a bit and lessen the food because as I'm 68 now and my metabolism is pretty bad after age 60. So I just had to adjust and it's totally doable because there's people that have gone before me that have done it. So I know it's possible. So I'm doing it. And my husband on my 60th birthday took me to the Caribbean and I joke that we left my metabolism there. So it's still in the Caribbean because I, I never had one after that. So anyway, so, um, I, so I've adjusted my food in the past eight years. And so like I'm looking right here over there, I'm in my office now, I have a treadmill in the office. I have a bike in the other room, the room I meditate in. And, you know, so I have to, I just, I, I work out. I'm, I'm not a crazy person when it comes to working out. I do it moderately, but I do it because it's good for me. And it's making, I make amends to my body because I hurt it so bad in the first 37 years of my life. So anyway, so I use the tools I sponsor. I am sponsored. I make phone calls. I take phone calls. I I don't do any service right now, except for, I, I don't have any service positions because of the Zoom thing, but I usually am doing treasurer or secretary. Um, I go to meetings, I go to Zoom meetings. I practice anonymity. Um, 
I do my writing every day. So I try to, I try to use all the tools every day. I'm always talking to OA people because we're kind of fun to talk to and all that. So um, it's kind of nice to find out what everybody else is doing. And I, I really feel like, you know, this Zoom, Zoom is really like um, very interesting because I have an opportunity to speak at meetings all over the country. And that's pretty neat, you know, so I could talk to other people in different states and stuff. And we have a lot of people that are, have a lot more abstinence than I have that I've known my whole 31 and a half years. And we get, we talk and then they ask me to speak. And if they're not living in California, I still can speak at their meetings. So it's really nice. It's nice to attend meetings also. So um, what else can I say? So I'm living a normal life. You know, we've been isolated since um, March 11th, I think it is. March 11th was on a Wednesday. That's the last time I had a normal day was March 11th. So I, I think that's 205 days or something like that, that we've been in the house. And if I'm in the disease, I'd, I, I would be, I don't know what I would do because I, I don't think I, I would be dead by now probably because, you know, I would have, I would hurt myself so bad with food. I wouldn't know how to stop. But because I've learned in OA that I abstain no matter what, there's a no matter what, I could make a tattoo on my arm, no matter what, I abstain. I will sit on my hands. I drink, here's my water. I drink tons of these all day. And I just, um, you know, I just work my program. And I work my program harder now than I did 31 and a half years ago because I enjoy it now. I didn't enjoy it in the beginning. I didn't enjoy, you know, letting go of each strawberry and bitching about it. I didn't enjoy that in the beginning, but now I'm just so happy that I have found what works for me and I have a life that's worth living now. So um, I have, by the way, I was estranged from my entire family when I was in my disease. Now I'm, I have three stepkids, five step, five grandkids. I have all my family back, all the ones that are alive, all my cousins. I have a gigantic family that I missed out on because I was in the disease and I'm close to them all now. And it's really amazing. I have a relationship with my stepkids and my grandkids and, um, and my husband is wonderful. He does everything, you know, he's just a wonderful person. So, um, I want to, I want to stop now so I could take questions. Is that okay? It's, my clock says nine minutes after. I want to be a rebel and stop a minute early. Is that okay with everybody? Thank you. Thank God. I didn't talk about God, by the way, because I forgot to, but God is everything to me. And it's on page 53 of the big book that God is everything or God is nothing. And I made the decision that God is everything because it's God's will to, for me to be abstinent. And I follow that. So if you want to know more about my spiritual life, I'm happy to share it. Here's my phone number. Give me a ring. Who would love? Chat is okay. Now, chat is now open. Feel free to type your questions for me, or if you'd like, just ask me. Unmute yourself so I could hear you if you're going to ask me a question. Gail? Hello. Hi, this is Chris Compulsive Overeater. Would it be too personal to ask what you eat? just because I'm getting older. So I was just thinking about this. I wanted to talk to my sponsor. Is that okay with everybody that I mentioned what I eat? Okay. Um, for breakfast, I have egg whites. These are, these are a couple of the options. And you can call me too. I, um, I have egg whites with, um, I like to put cauliflower rice and egg whites and guacamole. I, that's one of my, for my, my breakfasts. And I, I measure out my egg whites 
for my appropriate size of my body. So I have a cup of egg whites. I, I have around seven big tablespoons of cauliflower rice that's already cooked. And I have two tablespoons of guacamole. Or I have a cup of the low fat cottage cheese with the pineapple in it from, you know, the, um, what's that brand? Um, I don't, Nuisance, Nuisance. So a cup of that and there's, Trader Joe's has cauliflower rice, little, little things are like, they're 50 calories. They're like little things. They're not flour, they're cauliflower. And um, I have one of those with it. Or that's probably those two things I eat mostly. I found that starch doesn't do me so good. I, I was eating oatmeal for many years and I stopped doing that. It just didn't keep my weight down well enough. So that's what I usually do is egg whites or cottage cheese. Oh, so oh, tomorrow I'm gonna have a hamburger patty and uh, probably a piece of, probably an apple or something. So that's what I eat for breakfast. Lunch is usually a salad with protein in it. It could be tofu or it could be chicken, it could be steak, it could be fish. Um, Can I, I interrupt for just a second? Um, for the further questions, um, people are raising their hands, Gail, in the particip participants section. So if you wanna call on them, that's fine, but look for the blue hand um, and then uh, that might be a little more orderly than people just unmuting. Because normally we have- I'm having to, so I just want to finish up with, I usually have either a smoothie or soup for dinner. I don't need a big dinner. And call me and I'll, I'll go over everything more with you then. But I, I, I know I went into too much detail, but it's kind of fun. So thank you for asking, Chris. And welcome, you're welcome to call me. So the next person I see is Leslie. Would, would you like to unmute yourself and ask me or talk to me? Yes. Hi, Gail. Thank you. Thank you for your share. Um, I would just like, I'm on my 10th step and I just want to know what you, you touched on it, but like, what's the pro the process for your 10th step that you do? Thanks. That's the question. I used to do it from page 86. Um, the, uh, you know, upon, um, upon awakening, there's a lot of questions, but I stopped doing that because it was just rote. It's like, what was my spiritual thing to blah, blah, blah. So what I do is I just, I have topics every day. There's stuff that goes on. I just, I, I number it one, two, three, and I just go and I just write it all in, down like that. And I also look at my part and if I owe amends to anybody. So, but there are, there is a form and if you call me, I will send you the form. There isn't a real form, but I just don't like doing it anymore because it, it as I said, it became road. It, it wasn't special to me anymore. So I stopped doing that. So I just say one and I tell my sponsor what I'm going to do every day too. So I just tell her my, what I'm going to do. So I want somebody to know what I'm doing. And my husband doesn't really want to care if I'm going to go get my nails done, you know, but so I just tell her everything. So, but you're, you can call me and I'll send it to you. I'm happy to do that. Okay. Next person is. Now, if there's no hands, normally what we do is that people can uh, write questions directly to the host, the tech host, and then they can be fielded that way. So um, perhaps the tech host might be having some questions right now that they can, uh, Kathy, I think you were, or Nancy, were you doing it tonight? Oh, yes, I, I have it. I have, have a you question. Have I have a couple of questions. Okay. One from, one asks, can you please share the phrase you mentioned, I am food, I will give you temporary pleasure and a lifetime of misery. I will read it to you again. I am your disease. Let me give you temporary comfort. In return, I will give you a lifetime of suffering. And there's a devil. And the reason I have a devil is, I think my disease is a, is a devil. It's on this shoulder. 
and God is like, you know, like on the Flintstones, we have Bam Bam. God is Bam Bam, and God is taking his Bam Bam, remember Bam Bam? And beating the crap out of um, my disease. That's how I visualize it. So there's a devil on my shoulder, and God is, and God is doing it because it's working. Got a couple more questions that were asked in the chat. The next one is, can Gail share uh, more about her step 11, whoops, I just lost it, just step 11 practice, what that looks like, how she invites higher power into her day, day to day. Thank you for asking whoever it was. Um, I'm a practitioner at my church. I'm Jewish, but I'm a practitioner at my religious science church and my spiritual practice. I, I pray with people and I'm a spiritual counselor. So um, what I do is I have a spiritual practice of an hour of meditation every day. And I, I believe that God is everything. Like I said before, God is the most important thing in my life. And I believe God is an entity that is keeping me abstinent. That's how I built my God. My God is an entity that keeps me abstinent. I use the word God because it's easy, but it doesn't really matter what I call it, but it's the entity that keeps me from not hurting myself with food. So as I said, I meditate every day. I pray a certain way that we pray. We have a, um, a, a five-part prayer that we do, and we pray in the, in the affirmative. Um, so that's my spiritual practice every day. So there's meditation, there's communing with God. I also was taught in the beginning of my program to write letters to God, which I still do. So I just say, dear God, and I let it rip. I do that almost every day. That's separate. Yeah, we have Sorry, sorry. We have more questions for you. The next one says, can you discuss your relationship with your higher power and how has it changed? My relationship with my higher power has changed over the years because I have 31 and a half years of abstinence, which means that God's doing a good job. So God gets <laughs> accolades now than he did in the beginning. I lost my, my condo in the earthquake of 94. I was in Studio City and I was so mad at God and God Looking back, God gave me so many gifts. So we, we, we formed a really good relationship because I would swear to God, I swore, I swore to God, I called God every name for having me lose my home. And God kept giving me gifts. And the last gift he gave me was a, a house across the street from my future husband who I married. <laughs> so, you know, I would, have never, I would have never met him any other way besides the fact that the earthquake happened, I bought a house across the street from him. So. That's so it's grown over the years because every day I'm abstinent is it's God. It's not me. My disease wants to kill me and God wants me to live. So and God's helping me live a really good life. So I have a really strong relationship with God. We have more, Gail. Just a short one. Um, this one is she's saying she should have asked, um, could you please put that phrase about your disease in the chat? I could the one I that, that Want me to do it? Want me to stop and everybody can watch me type? No, no, just just ap maybe after you get through. I do that. I'm happy to. Okay, thank you. We have um, a blue hand up. Eight one eight four zero six nine two six three. If you call me, I'll make you a copy and mail it to you too, or I'll email it to you. But I'm happy to do that. Michelle, where do you see a hand? Can you unmute the hand? Oh, Veronica, I see. Oh, hi, thank you. I'm Veronica, I'm a compulsive overeater. And Gail, thank you so much. I love how you uh, spoke about God. And um, 
I wanted to ask, when did you find God? Well, when I started reading the big book, when I first came into OA, it says that we have to seek God. That didn't say we have to find God. So it says everywhere, yeah, we have to seek God. So I, I seek God. But then when I found out that I had to believe in God in order to stop staying, stop, to stay stopped eating, you know, overeating, I made a decision that second. So that was right in the beginning of my program. I made the decision to um, trust my sponsor at the time and rely on God because relying on me, I, you know, I weighed almost 300 pounds. So I knew I was doing not a good job for myself. So I just decided to listen to my sponsor. And that was right in the beginning, right in the beginning, because I thought I had nothing to lose by, you know, by trusting something besides myself who was putting me in, in a terrible situation. So right away, I just, I was told I had to do it and I just did it because I'm, I'm you know, something, I think it was God must have just, I was divinely guided to save myself. I have no idea. I didn't have a desire to save myself. I didn't have a desire to stop eating impulsively, but I felt like I was being led and it had to be by God because nobody else was leading me. So it must have been God wanting me to be in recovery. So did that answer? <laughs> 